and we can't keep it on the DL. Hello and welcome back to Can't Keep It on the DL. Today we have an interview with Nate Ortiz, also known on social media as Be Great with Nate. He's a holistic life coach that is here to inspire people to become the best versions of themselves, both physically and emotionally. We discuss a variety of health topics and how to fix your health for good. He also has a very inspiring story himself. This is one of a two-part series. Enjoy this episode. It is full of takeaways. Nate's socials and all of the books and people he references will be linked below. And I'm like, okay, how can I break it down to be simple? I think a lot of people don't make it that simple for the simple fact of um, either they don't know, right? Mm -hmm. Or number two, they don't want to tell you everything because they're trying to sell you something. Yeah. You know, so I can kind of feel that a little bit. So I'm like, here, take it all. Here's how it works. Hopefully that helps. Yeah. They always say that too. They're like, if you really understand something at a complex level, you should be able to explain it to not just like a 10 year old, but also a 90 year old and Mm -hmm. make it make sense to them. And like Dre just said, I think that your TikTok does a really good job at that because it doesn't matter if you're at the very beginning of your health journey and you know nothing, or you're an expert and you've been doing this for years, there's value in your message. And there's also a very clear level of understanding regardless of what the topic might be. That's awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. You guys are awesome. Thank you. you. And okay, so Nate, so you're, I mean, be great with Nate, right? And where did you start in your like health journey? Like what was the first thing that really got you into it? Perfect. Um, So there's a, there's, um, what really got me into it is when my mom had me, my mom was actually, she's a drug addict. So when she had me, she overdosed on heroin. And when I came out, um, I overdosed on heroin. Um, when she gave birth to me. So as soon as I came into this world, I was put on, um, you know, just a rehab for um, addicts. Uh, they try to detoxify the heroin out of my system, which led me to staying in the hospital for a couple months after I was brought into this world. Um, and the doctors told my father, like, hey, look, your son is going to have a lot of mental issues growing up and a lot of health issues. He's going to have tight hips. Um, he's he's Because what happens is the medication they put me on makes you have seizures. So I was, I was struggling with seizures. Um, and the hip flexors were really tight on me. So since I was a kid, I was obsessed on why I'm like, why do I have a hard time of reading when my cousins or my friends don't, why do I have a hard time of controlling my anger? Why do I have a hard time of focusing? Why do I have a belly? All right. I'm more active than most skinny kids, um, in school or most kids, um, um, you know, that had a six pack, you know, I was like 10 years old. All my cousins had abs and I had a belly. I'm like, why? So it started at a young age with me and I was obsessed with why. And um, I was like, I'm going to do everything I can to be able to figure it out. But I remember I grew up in a projects right in front of um, the basically Holland Tunnel in a way. I'm, I'm from downtown Jersey City with the view of New York City. And I remember one day I was playing tag, freeze tag in the summer with my cousins. And my cousin um, Desiree actually went to go tag me and she scratched me. And I was, it was like freeze tag and I, and I froze, but I remember seeing me bleed and I'm like, okay, how does this heal? And I remember the rest of the time we were playing, I just was obsessed on, you know, staring at my cut and watching it dry, then develop into a scab. And then over the next couple of days, seeing how the skin was healing itself. And I was like, I need to figure out why that works and how that, you know, goes down. So it started at a really, really young age. And then I got more obsessed with it when... I remember my around like 14, 15 years old, my stepfather came home from prison and he was a changed man. He was different. He no longer yelled. He he was just different. I'm like, what does he what is he doing? Every morning he woke up and went to the park and started training. And when he went to the park to train, he was working out with a bunch of guys who went to prison at was in prison with him. And then as they worked out, they started to express themselves about how they feel. And I'm like, why is that? So I started working out with them. And then I noticed controlling my anger, feeling a little more focused and grounded. I felt different. And my mission from like 14 years old to figure out something that I call today the four layers of strength. I I figured out that the body is deeper than just digestive issues, deeper than uh, weak muscles, emotional imbalance. They all connect. And that's when I was like, I need to figure that out. That's insane too. I think that that we're going to get into it all, but (laughs) 
I think that even just that knowing someone just simply knowing that all of those things are connected and you might not have awareness of that, that mm -hmm. in and of itself could help so many people. Just knowing that those four layers are connected and we'll get into the four layers as mm -hmm. well. Um, but like, so even at the very beginning of your story, that is obviously a crazy mm -hmm. upbringing. What were some of the things that even before asking why, like, what were you seeing in your own life that you wanted to change? What were some of those defining moments where you were like, I can't be like this anymore. Like this is something mm. that I'm beginning to see passion and I'm beginning to want to change. Like what were some of those moments? And that's a very good question. So I'll say I was very good at getting people who hated each other or want to literally like literally kill each other to not do so. I was mm -hmm. very good at that. I got drug dealers to stop selling drugs and join sports I got gangbangers stop fighting each other and killing each other. Um, and I knew I was a, I'm like, man, I'm really good at talking. I'm really good with my words. I'm really good at motivating people. And I, one day I woke up and I wanted to save the world. The next day I didn't want to do, I didn't want to be bothered. And I knew it was a deeper connection. And at 11 years old, around 11 years old, my sister ended up uh, being charged with murder, killing my niece. That was six months that had epilepsy, her and her boyfriend. And I remember my mom went back on drugs. She was clean for three, four years. I lost my nephews to the state of New Jersey. Um, right after that, my brother went to jail. Uh, he got in, involved in the streets more. And then it was just me and my two little brothers. And I'm like, if I don't change this paradigm, if I don't figure out why my family struggles with addiction, why I struggle with learning disabilities, why one day I want to help the world, the next day I don't, I'm not going to make it out of the situation. So I knew if I wanted to make it out of my home city, um, the paradigm that my family was a part of, if I wanted to make a difference and I wanted to make it out, I had to be consistent. What caused me to be not consistent, inconsistent? Well, one of the things I noticed is the things I ate. If I ate ice cream tonight and I'm eating pizza tomorrow, I don't want to be bothered. But if I don't eat those things tomorrow, I wake up not tired and more focused and more consistent towards an idea, a dream. So in sixth grade, um, after my whole family was exposed on the news, um, I had a counselor, Mr. Fernandez. He's like, Nate, you got to come see and talk to me. Nate, you got to come see and talk to me. And I'm like, Mr. Fernandez, man, I'm not talking to you, bro. Like, I'm too cool for that. Talk mm -hmm. to my little brothers. They need you more than I do. Yeah. And I remember one day I went home and I wrote down a game plan. I'm like, how can I escape Jersey City? How can I get out? And then I recognized that we had the number one basketball school in the country and the, one of the best basketball coaches of all time who was inducted to the Hall of Fame. His name was Bob Hurley. And I'm like, if I get to play for Bob Hurley in high school, then I'm definitely going to college because anybody and everyone who plays for Hurley goes to college. And if I go to college, then I can change the paradigm of my family. So how can I get become a I mean, uh, one of the best basketball players in the, in the city or country? So I said, I need to practice. So when I woke up the next day, Mr. Fernandez is like, Nate, you need to see me. I'm like, Mr. Fernandez, you're right. I do need to see you. <laughs> and he goes, what, what's different today? I said, I got a deal to make you. I'll tell you everything about my life. I'll tell you my emotions. I'll do all that under one condition. And he said, what is that? I said, you got to open up the basketball gym and catch my rebounds every morning at six in the morning. <sighs> and he said, what? I said, yeah. He goes, okay, I got a deal. I'll do that. But the day that you miss from that day on, you got to come after school and talk to me. And I was like, oh man, that's a, that's a hard one. Right that's good though. <laughs> right. And then I was like, you know what? You got yourself a deal. I never missed a day of school, sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. I went to school with the flu. I went to school with um, stomach viruses, everything. And um, never missed a day of school. I ended up getting a full scholarship to a private high school to play for the number one bicycle school in the country, wow. St. Anthony's, which won four state championships throughout my high school career uh, two na uh, no, and one national championship. So when I went there, what changed and got me to do that? I knew I can control this more the more I controlled my emotions. I knew I controlled my emotions more the more I controlled what I put in my body. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I got all those connected, I was like, oh man, the sky is the limit. Yeah. Even when you said when I would have pizza one day or whatever, and I would be more, just be more irritable. That is such a big thing that I don't think people realize. I've had that in my own experience, like cutting certain things out. When I eat them now, I'm like, why do I feel like I could crawl out of my skin? It's yeah. actually like an irritable feeling. So yeah. I totally relate with that. It's insane too. Cause 
it's it's so weird but like everybody has a health journey and just because mm-hmm. her and I are so close like I've been able to see hers and the way that she can articulate her thoughts mm-hmm. when she's just eating while clear-headed which is like basically all the time now it's mm-hmm. like very rare that you wouldn't see that but it is night and day compared mm-hmm. to what it used to be strictly just by changing diet because I would say that we were always very active regardless of whether it was like sports or the gym or whatever. But watching her was such a testament to the foods that you eat directly Mm -hmm. affect your energy, your brain and your ability to show up and do your job. Mm -hmm. The food mind connection, because when I would eat, for example, gluten, that's completely out of my diet at this point. Like I won't even touch it. And I know there's more to it than just actual gluten, but Mm -hmm. I took it out because when I say the amount of brain fog that I experienced, it was like debilitating at yeah. some points. I mean, she saw some crazy <laughs> things that I'm like, this is not We right. laughed because there was like one, there was like one day specifically where she was, she was basically completely done with gluten for a long time. And this was maybe like a year and a half ago, I want to say. Mm. And snuck a little gluten in Something, there, you know? we must have like cheated or had mm. something that specifically had gluten and it was like the next morning and you would have, you would have thought that she was wasted. She was just like not making any sense, like zero energy whatsoever. And I'll never forget. She was like going into the cabinet to get a glass jar. I think we had like chia seeds or that was reaching for something or something. And she went to go grab it. And it's like not rocket science. It's just right there. You yeah. And literally she like grabbed it and shattered it on the table on the wow. and like it and spilled all it over spilled me. all over her and all over the floor so there's like food everywhere but there's glass everywhere too yeah and wow. i'm like looking at her and it sounds so stupid but you're like you're like not fully there like she wasn't her normal like alert self her normal mm-hmm. alert self wouldn't do that but even the reaction she just was like oh, i literally live. feel like there's like a cloud over my eyes and yeah. i'm like moving through the motions it's the weirdest thing it's almost like a bad drug it is you know like it's the weirdest but people never think it's that serious and like i always tell that story of her because i'm like that's a prime example of like that just does not work with her body it's not something that she ever consumes but like that's how extreme it can be in a situation like that 100 and foggy mind right um, well, what grains do, a lot of people don't understand is that we have a part of the brain called the meningeal part of the brain, which um, can attra- you can get fungal infections there, okay? So if a client of mine has a fungi infection or fungal infection, anytime we throw too much sugar or too many grains in there, it can fire that up. Just like how yeast um, basically blows up bread, that's the same mm-hmm. thing that happens to your belly and your brain, okay? Mm-hmm. So um, are you Irish? Do you have any Irish in you? I have a little bit. Okay, so I'm I have Irish. I'm I'm like forty percent British and Irish okay. uh, from my mother's side. Um, people that are Irish usually carry a gene for the celiac gene. So I'll 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 just tell you to be aware of that. Um, mm-hmm. When I work with clients, usually they have that. Number one, number two, the um, inflammation that the gluten probably is bringing you also is showing up in your uh, your um, nervous system, which is the one of the four layers of strength. So you see the, you, what you'll see is a huge misguidance when people are, um, correlation just, mm-hmm. just is terrible. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I have clients here and I'm like, okay, take your right um, hand and tap your left toe. And then they're like, yeah, confused. exactly. So that's a huge connection that the, her, you know, this person's neurology isn't the best. So we have mm-hmm. to retrain everything, um, from, organ inflammation, muscle infl- um, inflammation to issues with trauma, which is huge, um, okay. specifically emotion, energy, emotion. That's what emotion means. And um, so we we deal with all of it. But I'm, I'm very happy that you realize that that's the effect that you get from gluten. Yeah. And it, it took a little while when I was in college, like I wasn't the healthiest person in college. I was, you know, moving through the motions there. And I slowly but surely figured out, I actually was like worried because like you said, it's in your, like the neurons in your brain just don't function right. And I honestly thought I had like a tumor or something because I was so debilitated all the time that I was like, this just isn't adding up. It wasn't mm. allergies. It wasn't. So I started seeing what I was eating and kind of correlating. Okay. Like this is when I eat this, I feel this way. When I do this, I feel this way. 
And that was kind of how I started playing with it because there's so much online. You get overwhelmed. I'm over Mm -hmm. here like, let's try this diet. Let's do this. And none of that worked. Mm -hmm. So it was more of like, let's get intuitive with the body and actually figure out what's going on. Um, And now looking back, like my energy and my clarity is so crystal clear that I could never even imagine going back. Well, now you're a practitioner. So when you give this advice to clients, you practice it so you can relate to them and you can be very authentic with it. So that's beautiful. And usually um, that's what life would do. The universe will bring you through life lessons of pain for you to overcome. So now you can master them and teach others. Yeah, I love that. And look beautiful. what you're doing. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. How old are you? How old are both? Uh, both um, of you 27 ages? and 26. Oh, you guys are, come on. <laughs> People usually don't get to this point until like they're in their four, 35 to 40. I'm 28. So it's like, okay, you both are very young. We're all young, right? But yeah. both of you are very young to be able to pick up that awareness. That's beautiful. Good job. Thank you. This I don't think it's awesome. a gift too. Cause like it is a gift. Even seeing mm-hmm. people that never pick this up and never do any kind of this physical, mental, spiritual trauma healing work. That's a sad life. Like, mm-hmm. and that's one of the things that we wanted to do with this podcast was just like, we have been blessed with so much knowledge based off of a few random choices that we made to just, mm-hmm. oh, I, I want to inquire about this, or I want to learn more about this, or mm-hmm. let me go to this meeting, or let me go to this event and just see this and learn this and whatever, books, podcasts, anything. And it's like, we were so blessed with that. And it's like, now we want to be able to deliver that to other people and be like, listen, how you're living doesn't need to be how you're living for the rest of your life. There's mm. so much more out there mm. and there's so much you can do, whether it's like physically in your career, in your life, in your relationships. And that's like what we're basically here to do. Like our little tagline is um, all the stuff that we wish we knew sooner. Like yeah. that's mm. what this is. Like we wish we knew this sooner, but like now is a hell of a lot better than never. Than never, exactly. Absolutely. And you're in your 20s. Come on. <laughs> Imagine when you're 40. I know. You're it's killing exciting. it. And just to keep learning and <laughs> learning every year, you know? Yeah. And that's what it's I'm, about. Yeah. And for um, when it comes to like the health world, right? Like we come through all these crazy things out there. And I feel like the problem is people are so comfortable or just feel that way every day. So they don't think there's anything wrong with it. Yeah. But I feel like, and I wanted to ask you that, like, what do you think is one tangible or something that someone can do to be a little bit more aware of how they're feeling and not just settling for feeling shitty, you know, because. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the first steps I do is I figure out what the client's dream is. Mm -hmm. What's your legacy? What do you want in your life? Because look in the fitness industry, right? are the health industry, health and wellness. As soon as you uh, try your best to try to help everybody, that's where you can go wrong. You can think, I I have a quote that I say, crazy people make me feel crazy. Um, The reason why I say that is because um, sometimes people not knowing how they feel or thinking that I'm I'm a crazy dude because gluten, I say gluten makes me feel unwell. They're like, this guy's a nut job, right? So crazy people make me feel crazy, right? If I listen to these people and allow them to make me feel like I'm the crazy one, then you can end up feeling like you're the crazy one. So one of the things that I would advise clients to do is immediately, number one, figure out what they want. When a client figures out what they want in life, right? Let's just say somebody wants to start their own podcast. One thing that may hit them is like, Nate, I want to do my own podcast, but I have no energy. Mm-hmm. Or, or I want to do my own podcast, but I'm I'm scared. I'm scared of criticism. Um, let's just use those two as an example, one or the other. Immediately now, if it's because they have no energy, now we got to see why they don't have any energy. Mm-hmm. If they're scared of criticism, we have to see why. And usually that allows you to dig deep with them, right? Mm-hmm. So criticism is going to be something with either mom or dad. Uh, never giving them um, confirmation of them being good enough growing up can be one reason, or it can be always trying to be right because they fear of being wrong, being challenged by somebody, or you can have somebody who has no energy because their blood sugar is all over the place throughout the day. And when it's time to come home and make a podcast, they don't want to make a podcast because they just don't have the energy. You understand? Mm-hmm. So either one can help me introduce myself to be able to coach them and, and make them aware of why they feel the way they feel. Mm-hmm. You know, but you two will get to a point where you you'll understand that when you start getting to a point of you really becoming a, a practitioner and you understanding that 
like one thing that helps me is understanding that there's two different souls that come to earth. There's souls that come here to party. They don't really care about diet. They don't care about, that's why these people can eat gluten and drink a lot of beer, wake up and go to work at seven in the morning with no mm -hmm. issues. Because usually these people get an avatar or a body that doesn't give them as much as a pain signal of when they're going off track of their journey. When a person comes here, right? When a soul comes here to make a difference, you're going to get a very sensitive avatar or a body. You're going to. You're going to be anything man-made you're going to be sensitive to. And the more you surround yourself around people who are here to party, the more crazy you'll feel. So then you have to figure out, you'll start learning that your mission is a lot different than theirs. And you have empathy and compassion for them being, not knowing any better. So yeah. then you'll get to a point where you master yourself, you teach others how to master themselves, you go, you take all your advice and all your energy instead of trying to prove to them that they need to, you know, basically they need to do these things. You find a way to put it back into yourself, continue to grow, and then you only take on clients and people who are ready for change. You yeah. don't chase yeah. no more. You let them come to you. Yeah. I love how you just said that because I feel like there is that disconnect where you're like, I do feel crazy. Like I talk, or when you're out to dinner and you're like, oh, I'll take this on the side. I'll do this, this. And people are like, what are you doing or ordering? And I, that is so important. And the sensitivity factor, do you think with health, like as you get deeper and deeper into it, that you become more sensitive or how does that whole thing work? Or Sensitive as far as like a reaction from food or sensitive from criticism from other people? I would say for like, even the two of us, like food I know for me, products. food, like certain things have gotten more sensitive or like I just can't, my body just- And intuitive won't. too. Yeah, I'm and I'm sorry. super intuitive with it. So I think that's a big thing too. Yeah, because you start becoming more aware of what it feels like to be great. That, mm -hmm. you know, that little Diet Coke before, the aspartame is giving you more of a reaction than you can remember five years ago, four years ago. So yeah, I do, I, I definitely, I'm very, very sensitive. I have celiac disease. I have rheumatoid arthritis. I have really- uh, um, uh, viligo, where your skin starts to turn white. I have three autoimmune diseases within that. So it's like, yes, you can become more sensitive, but then we have to really dig in deep to see also if a client is continuously getting worse to intolerances, then I'm looking at stomach acid and microbiome. Mm -hmm. So the lower the stomach acid gets, the more likely you're going to cause another uh, intolerance to something or the more sensitive or out of whack your microbiome is, which a lot of people walk around with fungal infections. 90% of our population has fungal infections and they hate when I say that, but I got the research to show it and I have my experience, which is more important than the research. When I work with a client, I'm most likely going to run into a fungal infection which they create a lot of this um, mycotoxin release, which then creates a lot of sensitivity or histamine um, in, um, uh, reactions. So, so what would that look like? Like a fungal infection? Because 90% of the population yeah. does have some rendition of this. It's like, mm -hmm. what are those things that you look for? Because sometimes I think it's important for us to also reiterate that Although this is normal and we see it a lot, this is not optimal body health. This is not a goal. This is not necessarily something that you want to just ignore because everyone has it. Exactly. So before I, I break it down, I just want to give the reference and the respect to the authors and the work that I'm going to reference so you don't think I'm just making this up. There's a book called The Fungus Link, and you can, watch, and you can get it off Amazon or online, and the author is called Doug a Kaufman. That's the author. He studied this for 35 plus years. And then the second reference I'm going to use is Paul Check, P-A-U-L-C-H-E-K, Healing Fungi and Parasite Infections in Human Beings. I had to study that for like two, three years at the Czech Institute of getting my um, holistic level one, two, and three uh, certifications. Okay. Fungal infections that people show up in many different ways. Fungi is, in my opinion, the smartest organism on earth. Fungi can also be metaphorically known as mother nature's cops. Anytime you get out of balance, fungi come in and coach you. They come in and they, they compensate. For an example, people that have blood sugar issues, um, you're going to develop a fungal infection. The reason why is because fungi is eating the sugar you can't digest and assimilate. And it does that for everything. If you have dairy intolerance, they do that for you. You have, um, if, I had an issue reading, eating, uh, red meat at one point, I was having a fungal infection. I couldn't get rid of it for seven years. I had this fungus on my my one of my toes. There's a true story. I was embarrassed when I go to the beach, I'll dig my toes into the sand. And I'm like, how can I be a coach if I'm struggling with a fungal infection myself? And I went on an antifungal diet. Nothing was working until one day I realized after eating beef, my toe got itchy. And I'm like, because my belief system 
which we should be talking about, we should bring up today because belief systems are what drives most of our decisions. My belief system was like, fungi can't eat beef. It needs sugar to survive. Yeah, it's number one primary source of energy is sugar, but it would digest and assimilate things you can't digest and assimilate to save your body the trouble of dealing with food or things that are going to bring pain to your body. So when they eat, they release mycotoxins, which then create issues. So here's some symptoms. Number one, craving sugars and um, starches and sweets throughout the day, specifically right before bed. Number two, waking up from one, four in the morning. Number three, eating something sweet and something itching. Like that one spot in your head, something itching. Um, another thing, uh, um, fungal infections are also known. If you read the book, the fungus link to cause, um, issues with the lungs. Uh, they have a hypothesis that most fungal infections are connected to fungal infection. I mean, um, asthma is connected to fungal infections. Um, yeast infections, athlete's foot, um, pimples that look like pimples, but when you go pop them, they don't go nowhere. They become scars. Then when you push them and pop them, nothing white comes out. It's just like blood and pus. And if you continue to play with it, it'll create a nice dark scar on your face. Um, fungal infections, dandruff, uh, stick your tongue out. If there's white coating in the back of the tongue, that's a form of candina or candina. However, they they kill me on the internet when I mispronounce I it with my strong accent. Oh my God. <laughs> um, and you're like, you know what I mean. You exactly. know what I'm catching my drift. <laughs> exactly. So fungal infections in the digestive tract, which is causes dysbiosis. Dysbiosis is more bad bugs than good, which then creates issues with um, digestion, which then in turn can create issues um, if you don't fix it deep dysbiosis will create something called inflammatory bowel disease. You can look that up. If you want to know more information about that, look up Kenny Hones, K-E-N-N-Y-H-O-N-N-A-S. He's a um, naturopathic unknown. Um, he's a nutritionist based out of Texas A&M who reversed his colitis because he figured out that his colitis, after all the medication and treatment and thousands of dollars, it was a deep dysbiosis. So he reversed his microbiome and he, he reversed his colitis, right? He has before and after photos and everything. Um, so fungal infections show up in many different ways. Fungi can actually manipulate you to want to eat sugar. It can manipulate you um, in a way of your thought process. Um, there's deep metaphors for fungal infections, but one of the things, if you look up, there was a Michelangelo um, movie that I was watching that the whole, his whole town had quote unquote demons. And there was priests trying to get the demons out. And they worked on these people for like months. And then Michelangelo went to the water to get water and found out that it was mold in the water. Mold is a form of fungus. Okay. So he came to the priest and got the doctors and said, no, these people have a fungal infection. They have mold in their body. And so some, some um, Bibles or some, when you get really deep in it, and if you really want to get deep on it, the reason why they say it's like portraying a demon in you, because you act the way that really you don't want to act as like, you don't want to eat the junk food, but you crave it so much. Mm -hmm. You don't want to feel tired or go to take naps at 2 PM, but it gives you a crash, right? You don't want skin issues, um, et cetera. Joint popping, is another one of a client. I had this one client that I worked with when um, I had my gym um, in Calabasas. She came into my gym and she cracked every joint in her body from her neck to her big toe, all the way down. Click, 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 click. Wow. And I'm like, we're not training today. I'm going to do a presentation on fungal infections. Yeah. <laughs> this is not important anymore. It's not like, important. Yeah. We have other so, issues. Other issues for sure. Exactly. And what, fungal, and what fungal infections do, especially when they get deep in the digestive tract, they cause inflammation in the digestive tract, therefore creates bloating. And when a, when a client has bloating, they usually find themselves in a, a with a posture issue, specifically an anterior pelvic tilt or... Um, kind of a, you can go from anterior pelvic tilt to pushing the spine into a sway back where the gluteus medius now is a stabilizer rather than the transverse abdominus being a stabilizer, which can cause a lot of issues. We can make your feet turn out um, when you walk and you'll go to chiropractic for the rest of your life, you're getting readjusted, but you're not getting to the root cause. So yeah. the average client that I get has a chiropractor, a physical therapist or a massage therapist and a therapist. And I'm like, do you want to know why you have all these at once, mm -hmm. I'm going to bring you through each and every one because of the four layers of strength. If a person has inflammation in the digestive tract, you're going to shut off the muscle nearest to it. Okay. So the muscle nearest to it is going to be a TVA, which is responsible to tighten up your spine uh, and protect your spine and your pelvis when you bend over or when you twist or you jump and you run. 
When that doesn't work, then the butt muscles get really tight. They connect to the QL muscles, which then can, one side can get tighter, which can pull you in a hike hip position. Mm -hmm. So you may go to the doctor and you, they say that you need a sole in your shoe because your, your leg is shorter. But the truth of the matter is your hip is hiked up, which then makes your whole kinetic chain get out of alignment, which you'll be in pain. Um, and then if you're messing with the digestive tract, that also connects to confidence, personal power, self-will, constant reinsurance, workaholic judgmental, superior, and substance, you're most likely an emotional eater with it. So all those connect to that. So when I see a client like that, I'm like, oof, we got a lot of work to do. But each client that I work with usually has a major issue with the zone or emotion. And I got to re redo basically everything on that zone, which I'm pretty sure we'll talk about today. Oh, but the yeah. zone of that, I got to go through. And so for fungal, it's, cr it's huge. So mm -hmm. what would you recommend, especially like she said, like 90 or you said 90% of people have it. What do you recommend if someone's struggling with it? And it seems to be so stubborn. Like yes, it's her and I, very that has been like very, I don't know, just at the forefront of a lot of the things that we've yes. been discussing health related. And it just seems like it's so hard to get rid of. And you're, I mean, even you said, you said I did an antifungal diet and I already know that that was probably fucking insane. Yeah. Seven years. I, I've, I had that little guy on my toe and, and then it got worse because I started to get um, ulcers on my skin here. It was nasty. I'll be working with a client and I'm like, show them an exercise and it will just start the blood flow of like turning on a muscle of giving them an example of an exercise where it starts bleeding. I'm like, this is disgusting. Like how am I coaching this person? So fungal infections, remember this, always digest and assimilate what you can't digest and assimilate. Okay. So remember that that will save you so much time from going on the internet, buying programs. So number one, antibiotic use. When was the, when did the client use antibiotics? So on the health history form that I get from them, I go through their health history of medications. Birth controls can also cause dysbiosis as well. Okay. Mm -hmm. So those are the first two things I'm looking at. And most of my clients are women. So usually you're going to find one of those. Okay. Mm -hmm. The next thing is now we have to repopulate the digestive tract with good bugs. Good bugs are called probiotics. Probiotics eat prebiotics. So why we do that, we have to, so for example, uh, human grade probiotic, I like to go to Whole Foods and get mine and get my, my clients get theirs from Whole Foods. Why? Because when you keep, it's human grade, it's refrigerated, means it's alive. So when you mm -hmm you take it in the chances of it making to your your colon is going to be pretty high then we feed we start feeding it blueberries and avocado why not um you know high sugar fruits it's because if you're a fungal infection and you overfeed sugar you're most likely going to be overfeeding the bad guys too so we have to see how far of a fungal infection that the client has so if it's on the surface like their skin their hair um you know, then we can go with a, a little more aggression of what probiotic foods, I mean, prebiotic, which is bananas. Or remember, prebiotic is soluble fiber. So bananas, avocado, blueberries, those are the top ones I go with with my clients. Um, but if it's a f severe, deep, super, superficial fungal infection in the digestive tract, like as soon as they eat a banana, they start farting and stuff like gas, mm -hmm. then we have to put them at least on a 30-day elimination diet of sugar, starches. And usually I'm going to find a hormonal imbalance with that client. And I'm also going to find this client has gained weight in the last couple of years or recently, and they carry their weight around their belly. Okay. And their lower abdominals is usually pouchy. It's bloated. So then they may pee a lot. That, that's another sign. Um, that's mad random. That has nothing to do with fungal infection, but this is just the constant pattern that I yeah. see. So we'll put them, we'll figure out that my client most likely has the main things that I see, blood sugar issues is number one. Most people eat way too many carbohydrates than they can handle. Number two, if someone has a gluten intolerance or gluten issues, I'm taking the whole grain out the diet. Grains, if you really do research on grains, especially the grains that we have today, grains, I know a lot of people are not going to say this, the grains that we have today are so processed that they're not actually bringing you the nutrition that grains brought thousands of years ago to our ancestors. Mm -hmm. If you go to Europe, like if you have an aunt in Italy, then you go to your aunt's crib and she makes you like pasta or bread. Look at the process. If they go through the tradition, uh, traditional way, it's a whole different ball game mm -hmm. compared to how we eat it here. Okay. So I take out the whole grain. Instead of having the grain, we'll have vegetables, fruit, green, um, uh, grass fed meats, um, free range, um, 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 like eggs and chicken, et, et cetera. So number one, blood sugar. Number two, grains. 
That's the second mm-hmm. thing we attack. And then number three, dysbiosis due to antibiotic use. And then we put them all together and usually nine times. Oh, and then we have to see if the client's honest. Some clients are like, yeah, I do great with dairy. I'm like, yeah, They're like, yeah, okay. So they come into the gym um, and then I see them walk in a certain way or their mood change or their skin's breaking out or, you know, most of my clients are on Zoom. So I'm like, they're like my digestion's off. Cause when I first start off with a client, I'm like digestion, scale of one to 10, 10 being great, one being bad, energy, sleep, mood, um, stress. And usually we find if something's off and a client continues to think that they can digest and assimilate dairy, but they keep having issues, um, then I make them do a core test with me to see if the muscles responding and the digestive, I mean, the, the transverse abdominis. So you can say all you want to me, stand up, let me see your posture. Let me see you from the side. So um, if you're not eating something that you can't digest and assimilate correctly, your friends, they're saviors. They're, there's a video called uh, Fungal Infections as a Teacher by Paul Check on YouTube. Check it out. He breaks it down to show you how fungal infections actually come in and help and kind of like save you from going through, for example, if you're you're putting too much sugar in the body that you can't digest mm-hmm. and assimilate, um, fungi save your brain the trouble of stress and your nervous system of too much sugar. They'll eat it for you, but the side effect is when they eat, they grow and they re- and they poop. And when they poop, they release mycotoxins. And mycotoxins can do damage to your digestive wall, which can create something called leaky gut. Then you have autoimmune issues, and then you're going down a pretty mm-hmm. long road of issues. A rabbit hole. I have yeah, a question for this one too, because yeah. I feel like there's so many people, there's so many people that are probably like, oh, I've never heard this, but there's also so many people that have and seemingly do all of the right things. And I'm sure you run into those people, especially them being like, I work out, I have a therapist, I have a chiropractor, I'm you know, eating well. What do you typically find for those groups of people that are seemingly from the outside doing all the right things, but still coming in contact with these same issues? I'm going straight for emotion. Got it. Because if you, as soon as you see someone who is super great on nutrition, super great when moving, and sometimes if you really sit them down, they're moving too much. Um, they're usually great at distracting themselves from dealing with the emotion, the last layer of strength or the first layer of strength, the deepest one. Um, so for an example, if you've been through a breakup before, let me tell you something, and you have the right attitude about it, you're going to, you're going to have a bad girl summer. That's what they call it, right? Like when you're going to get in shape, you're going to make sure you write, you're going to take the best photos on Instagram. You're going to, your abs are showing now. Um, because instead of actually some people dealing with the heartbreak or going through, you know, the emotion of that heartbreak, they're like, I'm going to the gym. I got to eat good. I'm cooking. So they're always moving and doing something. Um, I'm going. So number one, I'm going for emotion. Number two, I'm going for childhood trauma. Um, You won't believe how many people have been molested at a young age. I can't tell you how many clients that I work with. I'm the first one they told that they've been molested at a young age and never told anybody. So why does that matter? Because they can be overdoing the other three uh, layers of strength, their muscular system, digestion with um, you know, eating well and their nervous system, all those things are doing well, but something still isn't sitting right with them. Something's still going bad for them um, where it can be a deep emotion. So I have a client in Australia, right? And I'm working with him for the last couple of weeks. And I, re- for, as soon as I, he was a stud, he's like, Nate, I'm a stud. I get, I got beautiful women. I got a successful career. I got abs. I got everything out of nowhere. I started having a lot of digestive issues. Immediately, I'm like, because your stress is too high. He did not accept that. Why? Because most people who are heroes, and I call it the hero dysfunction. This is something I came up with, you know, working with clients. Hero is you can, nothing really bothers you. You, you know, something bad happens, you, you, you're able to jump on top of it and you take care of everybody. Mom is sad, you help mom. Dad is sad, you help dad. If this employee didn't do the right job or, you know, uh, your partner didn't do the right job, you take over their work. You get things done. Truth of the matter is, is that you start to lose the ability to pay attention to how you really feel. You become numb to stress until it's a crisis, until you get blood work shown that something's bad or you get just a crisis. My client in Australia was a he had hero dysfunction. So I'm trying to show him his digestive tract connected to his stress and he didn't want to hear none of that. So while he was working with me, he had a Chinese medicine doctor, a, chiro- um, a chiropractor, an acupuncturist doctor. Mm-hmm. He did this... Um, 
just um he, he went into his past life with a, a a past life reader like he went and i'm like so week seven contacts me nate you're 100 correct i took your advice everything is different my bowels are great digestive tract is great i feel amazing why because with what he didn't recognize is he lost his mother in 2020 okay his father's not in his life he lost his mother he couldn't connect to nobody. Remember I was telling you earlier when you are someone who is here for a bigger purpose or you feel like you have a dream, but you're around people who are being programmed and easily being programmed and make you look like you're crazy. He had nobody to go to. His mom was the only person he went to. So what he did is he started to see how he wasn't good at the thing. He thought he wasn't good enough for anything. So his whole day was spent around trying to prove himself to people. You see what I'm saying? So which can lead him to having dysfunction with women. Right, because he's not really going in with a pure heart. He's going in there with only probably twenty five percent capacity of being able to love and receive love. Which then, you know, he has issues with women, and because you know there's an imbalance in the relationship, you should be able to bring your hundred percent. They bring their hundred percent, and then you can have a fair relationship. But he was having issues until he recognized that he never actually healed. Not only losing his mother, but the trauma his father brought him through as a kid. And all of the above, and all this unraveled, and it shows up today in the schedule back to back to back to back to back to meetings. Back to you can't sit down and read a book because you're just so you can't because the four walls and spending time with yourself speaks very loudly. So you distract yourself by making yourself busy. I actually reposted that story that you put on TikTok today. The four oh, which walls, one? The trauma one where oh, for real? Yeah, I was like, this is great. Like, I just love how it was. You were like, you know, you go through a phase of middle school, high school, college, you're partying, and then you finally get your apartment and you're by yourself in the four walls and you literally have to sit with yourself. And most people yeah. stay in a bad relationship because of it, or they like distract themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important. And when you said, I relate to this for sure, numbing mm-hmm. to stress, I'm like, I'm not stressed. I'm good. Mm-hmm. But maybe I am stressed. Like, you know, like I'm really good at that, which I don't love and it's a fault, but you kind of just don't think you are. You're like, what am I stressed about? Yeah, you got the hero syndrome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got the hero syndrome. And you usually, and when you're like that, you're the one that's fixing problems in your circle or household and um, unless it's a crisis. And when it becomes a crisis, it's like, it, it, it takes a lot of time to get out of a crisis where we can start to avoid these things. I only know this because this is me. Mm-hmm. This is me. <laughs> Childhood trauma, fight or flight reptilian brain people are like what is he talking about right now but (laughs) what happens is when you go through childhood trauma okay childhood trauma one to 14 years old is an organ that connects each 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 seven years to eight years of your life if you like it or not world the world and life is going to bring you through a different consciousness so from one to eight the world is bringing you a consciousness of safety security and tribe you learn on how to how to walk as a human being you learn how to who's mom who's dad who's where how can i eat you learn how to chew food swallow food but if there's any trauma from 1 to 8 years old it will create issues for the rest of your life unless you heal it mm-hmm. how people with childhood trauma from 1 to 8 when you get older you're going to stress about finances you're going to have issues with family and a trigger for you 2020 was a huge trigger for you anything that threatens your job of safety security these people Stress goes through the roof, mm-hmm. okay? So 8 to 14 years old. So zone one connects to your hips. So if you you can be strong here in your mind, but it's showing up in your body. You're going to have issues with your feet. One of the one or more. Feet, hamstring, calf, hips, quads, hip flexors, specifically psoas muscle. So hips and below, you're going to have issues with. Mm-hmm. If you have issues from, and so people that, are, have childhood trauma, they can actually show up today as being materialistic, right? So I'm from the ghetto. So what happens to me and all my, you know, my fellow, you know, um, um, friends growing up, as soon as we got a little bit of money, we wanted the Gucci. We wanted mm-hmm. that Range Rover. Saving money? What? Bro, you corny. I'm about <laughs> to get that new Louis bag, you know? And what happens is I, I didn't fall for that, but I almost got caught up in that. And I got caught up in it because I thought if I had a Tesla, I'm successful. Mm-hmm. You understand? So you can become materialistic. from. So that's one of the signs. 
you're going to have, so the adrenal connects, the organ that's connected to that zone is the adrenals. Okay. Zone two. Zone two is eight to 14. This is when you find out about your sexuality. This is when hormones start kicking in. This is when you start to feel great. If there's any trauma there, specifically being molested, having a religion, uh, being br brought up in a religion that you feel guilty of touching yourself, asking questions, or participating in your sexuality, that can shut down the emotion, energy emotion within that zone, which therefore can show up today. PCOS, ovary issues, bad menstrual cycles, lower back pain, sacral, the lower back, you're going to have issues around that, tight glutes, gluteus medius is another one. Zone two people, they're attracted to red. In, in, in my experience, that doesn't, you can't find that in a book, but in my experience, most of my clients have red nails, red lipstick, or red pillows on their couch, red interior in their car. Something's red. Okay. Zone two people are people who are very good at acting like everything is good, but they're hurting inside. They can be very good. They're either um, um, sarcastic, funny, or they, they have rest in mean face let's just say that i don't want to <laughs> say the b word but they have resting mean face and you think that they're hard to talk to they're very that they, you don't you don't you you get a whole different version of what's outside versus what's inside why because this person has been hurt to the point where they don't trust you they don't trust nobody especially if it's a woman towards men they don't trust men and men act out differently okay so what happens is Zone two people, zone two connects to your sex, your sexuality. So as you get older, you can have sex and rhythm imbalances. Either you become a sex addict or you become someone who's not really interested in sex. What I find is men usually become the addicts. Now you can have women that become addicts. So zone two people will attract other zone two people in the, in the future. Most of my women that are zone two has a guy that's a zone two. And what's zone two men? Very manipulative very manipulative zone two men are very manipulative very um narcissist it's all about them and then they and then zone two people feel guilty for no reason that's one of their dysfunctions so you can date a man that's a zone two and you're a zone two and you're easily manipulated because they have a way of making you feel guilty and you already feel guilty for everything if you don't you know mom's like you know i don't feel good today you're like oh what do, i have to do something to save mom that's a zone two thing and the last thing i'll touch on on zone two because there's a lot more that goes into it very creative and they're dangerous if you actually get them balanced because they become the most successful entrepreneurs out of all my clients most wow. you put them in front of a, a canva.com to create a thumbnail and you teach them oh my god you're coming back to a thumbnail that's just spectacular you let them you know uh, uh do take them to uh, a sip and paint and let them paint their sip and paint first painting is going to be 10 times better than someone who's not on their first experience of course that's not a zone two Zone two people are just full of creation. Why? What's the number one way we can create in this world? Sex. Mm -hmm. If there's an imbalance with sex, there's an imbalance with creativity. So either if someone's having way too much sex, creativity is not going to flow right. And we all know that um, through work of Napoleon Hill showed this in sex transmutation. The more you hold on to discipline about your sexual energy, the more you have that sexual energy transpire and alchemize to the brain as creativity in the mind. Mm-hmm. All right. So then we have zone three and I, and I'll, there's a reason why I'm only doing one, two, three for right now. Zone three is digestion, personal power, self-will. So what happens at 14 to 21 years old, we start to go to high school. We got to figure out who's our friend. So we have to start choosing who's our friends, the boy, the girl that we want to date, the, um, the, the sports that we want to participate in. Okay. And this is when we have to learn how to say no. And this is when we go into something called the warrior archetype. So the warrior archetype usually has a, this is when you start clashing with mom and dad. Why? Mom and dad are usually fixated on a belief system unless they're wise. A lot of our parents do not make it to the wise men or wise woman. A wise men, wise woman has empathy and compassion for you, the mistakes and different and the, the, uh, the mistakes you're going to go through and the different belief systems that you have that's different than theirs. Mm -hmm. Okay. Most of our parents don't make it there. Our society today struggles with the um, wise men, wise women archetype. So you go through the warrior archetype. You just came from the child archetype. The child archetype is, yes, yes, okay, 
okay, mom, okay, dad, and you and you believe automatically, you don't take personal responsibility for your beliefs and your actions in your life because you're a child. But at 14 to 21, you start entering that warrior archetype. So when mom said, don't smoke weed, it gives you diseases in the mind that's going to hurt you. And then one day you go to school and you smoke weed with your friends like, yo, this is fire. Like, (laughs) I love this. You know what I'm saying? Like, what was my mom talking about? And your mom may be saying, don't smoke pot. I'm like, mom, we don't call it pot no more, bro. We call it weed. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So what happens is now you're like, mom, that's not true. And mom is like, what? What are you? And then boom, one of the best ways to ever tick one of your parents off or your family members off is go against their belief system, mm-hmm. right? So this is when you have to develop that personal power, that self-will and that self-respect to be able to stand up for yourself and what you believe in. And then guess what happens? You got to choose the college you got to go to. The college that you go to is another personal power decision. But what does most of our parents do? I want you to go to this school and I want you to study this, right? Mm-hmm. So I went through this the worst at this time in my life. When I was 16 going to 17, I was, my father was a very, very, very well-respected man in my neighborhood. My father was one of the biggest drug dealers out of my city, okay? My father was one of the, he's probably one of the, he is one of the smartest human beings I've ever met. He can tell you how to put a door on a, on a wall and, and then tell you how an engine runs and fix your car and then tell you how the body works and the brain works. I'm like, dad, that is amazing, right? Mm-hmm. And my goal was try to find somebody smarter than my dad my whole life. And I found two people and I was super excited when I found them. But my father did not want me to make the same mistakes as him. And my father wanted to make sure I was great. He wanted to make sure that I was a good boy, right? So my dad is like, Nate, I don't want you having sex until you're 21. And I was his first son. So I remember my, my, we was in a car and his friend was driving us and I was going to school. And he goes, yo, your, your son's pretty boy, man. Like, you know, when you're half black and half white, you learn to, you, 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 you come out to be light skin. We're called light skin. Like Drake is light skin. J. Cole's light skin. Trevor Noah. So he's like, yo, your son's light skin, man. Like, and my dad was like, I don't want my son having sex until he's 21. His friend hit the brakes and we almost like, you know, we all like, you know, moved forward and like, think I had a seatbelt on. And he was like, what? Like you bugging, what's wrong with you? So I remember, this is a true story. I remember the times, the first couple of times in my teenage years of a woman wanting to have sex with me, me feeling guilty. This guilt, this, I'm scared. My dad's going to find out. And what that does is when you suppress your feelings, like your sexual energy, all the muscles and nerves that connect to your sex organs are going to be affected as well. Your hip flexors are going to get tight, right? Um, Etc. So I remember I was my father's first son and I went, when it was 14 to 21, I gave dad a challenge. All for good things though, you know? So dad was like, Nate, I want you going to school for this and I want you doing that. Uh, I don't want you getting tattoos. I'm like, dad, I'm getting tattooed. He said, Nate, I don't think it's good to get, Nate, I don't want you getting earrings. I'm like, dad, I'm getting earrings, baby. Like, I got to put those earrings in my ear. But Nate, I don't think this is a good idea. I'm like, dad, I'm doing it. Um, but what happens, my dad just didn't know any better. And as I, now my dad calls me on FaceTime, like, yo, Nate, show my boy your tats, man. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, look, this is, you know, this is my tats. He's like, yo, those are cool, right? Now my dad's like, when are you going to put some color on your body? You got to get some color tattoos. So what happens is I'm saying that because when I, I had to, now my brothers didn't have the same problem. When we are raised from 14 to 21, we have to be able to put our foot down and step into our powers and say, no, if we don't, then it's going to show up today with your, 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 the, the people who employ you, your boss, your, the authority. It's going to be hard for you to speak up for yourself. It's going to be hard for you to say no. And your yes isn't good enough until you learn how to say no in life. Remember that. If you say yes, 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 your yes doesn't mean anything no more. And the way that we develop a no is having a dream. A dream that has core values. In order for each and, un- and, and any one of us to accomplish a dream, we need to put energy into the dream. For me, I need to eat well. I need time. I need to read. I need to study. I need to create content. So as soon as something gets in my way, like, Nate, can you do this at 11 o'clock today? I'm looking. And I'm like, is this helping or hurting my dream? If it's not helping my dream and it's a prime time that I need, respectfully, No. So going to dinner with the people that you said that you went to dinner with or, go, you know, people judging and stuff, they don't even get a chance to be around me. That's how tight I'm very military with my time and my energy because unless I'm loosening up, like when I go home in June, when I go back to the East in June, I know I'm going to have a family dinner. I'm not even going to be, you know, I'm, I'm going to enjoy my dinner. Uh, you know, I'm going to take a, a loss. I know how to rebound from it the next day from, yeah. you know, the yeah. bread and things like that. But other than that, I don't even give you the time of day to be able to, to give me your opinion. Because here's what happens. You got the dream. 
you got core values. Those people who don't respect your core values, they don't get a dream team jersey. They're not on the team. Mm-hmm. And if somebody's not on your dream team jersey, you don't share ideas, your beliefs, or your plans with them. Because they're going to challenge them. And the more they challenge them, the more you start thinking about, is this a good idea? Yeah. You start second guessing yourself. And they probably most likely know you from somewhere else. It's your family. It's your friends. It's old coworkers. It's whatever. You used to believe those things in some rendition. So tapping back into that old version of you is only going to defer you from your process. Absolutely. And from 14 to 21 years old, if you don't develop this, mm-hmm. it can show up as major issues with digestion today because zone three is digestion zone two is sex and rhythm and reproductive system zone one is your adrenals and your posture mm-hmm. okay and now with these zones like can people have multiple areas 100 or is there usually like a leading is there how does that work that's a good question so what we do is um when i get a client we send them paperwork and I tell them, as long as you answer this paperwork as honest as you can, I can help you. One of them is called the health appraisal questionnaire that I use from the Czech Institute, my holistic institute. When a person submits that and they submit the paperwork, what I do is I take the paperwork and each question on what the HAQ connects to an organ. So for an example, I'll give you an example. When you go to sleep and, and for eight hours and wake up in the morning, do you struggle with being energized or do you need a cup of coffee? Zero means not at all. Two means kind. The four means half of the time. Eight means absolutely. When you put that eight, that eight is now being transferred to contributing towards your adrenal score. So then you'll have about 10 questions. The next 10 questions are all about the adrenal. Then it's all about the thyroid. Then it's all about the liver. Then it's all about the colon. And each of those attached. So then when I open it up, I see all the scores for each organ and gland in your body. And then when you zoom all the way down, each organ and gland connect to a zone. Then I see your zone scores and then zone one may be high two, three, four, et cetera. So how do you figure out which one's the main one? If zone one, two, and three have a score of a three or above, then I take the client through a reptilian test and I can take them through that test right now to see if zone one's the main issue of your life. Number one, when you were a child, were you safe and secure? Did mom and dad move a lot? Were there issues with um, arguing about money? Did mom leave? Did dad leave? Did, um, were you homeless? Uh, was someone in the military moving back and forth? If they say yes, then I put a check mark. Then I put reptilian too. Do you overeat or undereat while being stressed? Oh, yeah. I, that's like one of the, that's like nine times out of 10, someone's going to say yeah for that. Mm-hmm. So boom, check. And then the last question is Did you, were you molested as a child? Now, before they say yes to me, I already know the answer. Not 100%, but most likely I know the answer because you go back up on the scores and then you look for some green scores in some systems. For example, the endocrine system, if they have a green score, that counts as a point towards the chances of them being molested. Usually a score of a three and four is a really strong case of someone being molested. Anything over that, I'm like, oh, this is, this is it, right? So if they say yes, if we have two out of three, of those, then their main problem in life, their root cause of most of the reasons why they do what they do today is because of dysfunction of zone one, safety, security, family issues. That's the main thing. Okay. Though that attaches to the adrenals. So if this client, watch this, if this client drinks too much coffee, eats too much sugar or has too much blood sugar issues, doesn't get enough sleep or has too much mental stinking thinking, mental stress, you're going to trigger the adrenals, which then triggers that whole zone one, which then makes you repeat today being the same as it was yesterday because you turn on the reptilian brain. The reptilian brain is a part of us that cares about safety, security, substance, sex. Okay. So meaning first, if this person finds safety, I mean uh, money, they make money, then they eat and they got both of those satisfied. Then the chances of them looking for sex or some type of sexual orgasm to release Tension is going to be very high, okay? That's number one. So if that's the main cause, we call that the mother. And and, and zones are associated with chakras. I use zones because I'm a science brain and I have a bachelor of science degree. So I get left brain people that need proof of this stuff. So I'm like, okay, I got you. I'll lay the proof out. I literally, Mm -hmm. I said this to her earlier this week or last week when we were going to do it. I I was like, that is fucking brilliant. Especially Mm -hmm. knowing how 
saying that one word could immediately turn an entire audience oh, yeah. completely off to the conversation solely on the verbiage that you use. When yep. you say zone one, zone two, zone three, it invites them in to say, oh, I understand that. Oh, I've experienced. Oh, I've seen that. And then they go, oh, this is what this actually means. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. It's just the verbiage too, but it, it makes such a difference. And what's behind the verbiage? A what? A belief system. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right? Because I remember um, meeting with this one person who wanted to sign me to, um, I'm going to call this person out. I'm going to call this person out for the rest of my life. And <laughs> she didn't know I was going to call out to, you got the wrong one. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and here's, and I'll tell you why I feel like this. I'm a very humble dude, but mm-hmm. so I had this person who's responsible for marketing advertisement, has a company marketing advertisement. They take t- a talent people that have followers, um, influencers. I don't consider myself an influencer. I, I, an influencer wakes up every day trying to figure out how to get likes and views and promote their business. I, that's not my drive. Okay. So I can be, I can fall in the category of an influencer, but that's not my drive. My drive is really how can I become the biggest, the most influential, motivational, uh, motivational slash inspirational coach in the world from me. So the only way I can make that happen is helping more people so my videos, the more I help people, the more I get results. But long story short, she sits down with me. And this is when I had, I just started TikTok. I'm, I'm, I'm not even a year on TikTok yet. Okay. So I'm like, That's at this time, I'm like three. Right now, uh, July, at the beginning of July makes one year for me. Okay. So I just started TikTok like two, like this is summertime around August, September. I'm like three months into TikTok. I got like 80,000 followers. Um, and she's like, <laughs> she's like, what? She wanted, She told, so I have a mutual client that knows her and their roommates. So she told her client, look, I can help him get deals and things like that. Let's set up a dinner. So we set up a dinner. I, I, I set up, you know, I take him out to dinner so we can have this conversation. As I sit him down, um, she changed on me immediately, the lady. And she had her partner there. And this lady had her own, you know, marketing business. And they both say, like, what do you do? And I'm like, what? They're like, what do you do? And that's one of the most difficult questions I get because I do, I, I just, I coach people how to become a better version of themselves. It sounds so whack. So I don't say that. So I'm like, well, it depends on what a client needs, but I have a degree in bachelor of science, strength and conditioning, movement science, physical therapy, nutrition, certification, nutrition. I'm an integrated health practitioner. I have a license under a doctor. I'm a holistic practitioner, level one, two, and three at the Czech Institute. What do you want to know? I just help people. She goes, I can't market that. You got to stick to one. I'm like, all right. She goes, the holistic thing, you gotta you gotta end it. I'm like, what? Oh my God. She's like, when I think about the holistic thing, let me tell you what I think of. You ready? I'm like, yeah. She goes, I think about a white guy, long hair, tank top, shorts, sandals with no socks, and malleable with crystals. So I'm like, she kind of has a point. I'm like, okay, I can get that. But she goes, so I don't think people are really gonna be attracted to that. And I say, okay, so what do you say for the 80,000 people who follow me? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So she was a little stuck. She goes, I don't think you're marketable. So I'm going to tell you one of the reasons why she did because she kind of liked me and I didn't participate in that. You got me? Mm-hmm. So what she wanted to do is embarrass me that day, right? So I'm like, okay. And then she, now the lady across from her is like, oh, crap. You know, she's right or whatever. But my client is sitting there who's a very well-known, established famous stylist in LA. She works with a bunch of actors and um, mu- musicians. She's like, no, he's my coach. He got me down 30. This guy changed my life. Mm-hmm. You guys, Nate, show them, read them. I'm like, yo, you can't say that. Like read them or whatever. So the lady leaves and says, I don't see you. I think you got, you, you fell on a trend and I don't see you growing. And I'm not, I don't basically, I don't want nothing to do with you. And I sat there. I didn't say anything mean back. I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, you don't understand. You gave me another reason to wake up at 4.30 in the morning. You gave me another reason. I'm like, okay. So she leaves. And then the one lady, she actually stood and she wanted to know. She goes, show me something. I'm like, okay, so stand up. Walk from that door to me. And we're at a restaurant. So she walks to me. I sat down. I told her her whole life. And she's like, what? why? Yeah. Exactly. I'm looking at the pelvis. I'm looking at the, remember, I'm looking for the surface. I know if I see a muscle imbalance, that muscle is connected to an organ. That organ is connected to the emotion. Then I'm looking. So I have an assumption like 40% of the way. Then I have a conversation. How they look me in the eyes. 
How do they breathe when they talk to me? How fast are they to protect them, their belief systems? All that aligns to a different zone. And I read them like a book. I told her about her whole life. We left. She was going to Chicago that night. She's like, please let me come in next week to work with you. <laughs> so she came in the next week, did a whole thing with her. And, and um, I just didn't have room to take her as a client. But the reason why I'm saying that is because of the simple fact of you're going to be, I was challenged, right? And people ask me, what do I do? And her belief system about me having the holistic in my name was ill, was throwing up. And when people think on TikTok that I'm just some dude that Googles things or reads one book, um, I hear it all, or it doesn't have any education. I have one of the most challenging science degrees you can get in college, Bachelor of Science, um, specifically movement science. I know so, m until my junior year, I was in with doctors, nurses. I had to take classes with doctors, nurses, uh, physical therapists, athletic trainers. I'm trained in all that. So if I went to take my degree and go get a license and be an athletic trainer and walk, work for, I got offers from UCLA because my one of my coaches are there and USC here in LA all the time. But I just don't want to get into that because if I get into that and I'm working with an athlete and I can't fix his his squat because he's bloated, then I go against the nutritionist of that school and I'm telling them to eat something different than, than what they tell them and then we bash. So I'm like, I got to create my own facility, man. Yeah. So I, I took you through that little story to show you, you're right. The belief system behind words can get people to assume that they know what you're talking about. So I use zones. Zones, I actually got it from Paul Check, um, and he uses zones, but I like to use it more scientific than he does because Paul Check does not care about criticism. He's been doing this for 37 years now, um, and he's he's the godfather of fitness and health, and especially with this. So um, I like to use it as diagrams, and for people that don't understand it, we I use all the pictures on my on my board on uh, TikTok lives every Tuesday and Friday morning to bring them through these things. So yeah, it's, awesome. it's crazy. We love it. Have you heard? Cause we did. And we can't keep it on the DL.